before we get started, let's, let's pray. Gracious and holy God, guide and direct us now with your Holy Spirit. May your word proclaimed be heard. And may any words that I speak that are from you be remembered and enacted in our lives. And any words that are not are not are from you, not from you, be forgiven and forgotten. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as I prepared for this sermon on integrity and truth-telling, a scene from a movie I haven't seen in a long time, which many of you have probably seen, but maybe also like me, not for a long time, kept popping into my mind, and I don't know why. And sometimes when things pop into my mind, I just go with them because, you know, I trust that maybe it's the Holy Spirit, but you never know. Uh, <clears throat> so the movie is Dumb and Dumber. Um, so Jim Carrey's character, Lloyd Christmas, is a bit of a loser with a chili bowl haircut um, and a unique personality. Um, and in the scene that I was thinking of, Lloyd summons up the courage to ask his love interest the attractive female character, Mary, about the likelihood of being romantically connected. And so he asks her this very direct question. Mary, what are my chances? And Mary replies, not good. And Lloyd comes back quickly, not good like one out of a hundred? Mary says, I'd say more like one out of a million. And then he gets a little dejected look on his face. And then all of a sudden his face kind of brightens. And he says, so what you're telling me is there's a chance. Yes. Well, almost every day we encounter situations and circumstances that require us to make a decision between telling a lie or telling the truth. Most of the time, our decision-making process is not real deliberate, like we don't say, well, let me weigh this out. Is it, should I tell the truth today or should I lie today? Let me think about it. Most of the time, that's not the way we think about things when we're uh, thinking about lying or telling the truth. Um, and the reason that is is because largely most of the time, we have decided before, at some point in our lives, we decided that our desire is to live a life built on the truth, or we've decided that we're going to build our life on a lie. And then we kind of operate out of that as kind of our default. So if you seek to live in truth, typically you tell the truth. And now I'm not so unrealistic um, to think that no one tells lies ever, even if you've largely decided to say, I want to tell the truth. I know we all, including myself, have lied at some point in our lives, but that was largely an exception. It didn't become kind of the rule for the way we live. However, there are some people who choose untruth as their way in the world. So I'd like to start out briefly touching on different types of lies to help us better understand this important topic of integrity. Some people lie to destroy others. Some lie to gain or to keep power. 
Some lie to cover up bad deeds, and some lie to manipulate others or certain situations or circumstances. And most of us would probably agree that those types of lies are bad, and they destroy our integrity and our relationships. These types of lies, we can likely agree with Jesus that these do come from the evil one. You know, these extra things that we do to kind of justify all of our lives after we say them. Other times, however, people lie in more subtle and less mean-spirited ways. These are often referred to as little white lies, you know, like adding the little in front of them and the white in front of them somehow makes them good. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But here, though, you know, people lie by omission. They tell part of the story, but not all of the truth. Um, They lie because they have been given bad or incomplete information you know this is not really a lie exactly because it's more like we just were going by what we thought and then later on we find out oh what i thought was wrong and we don't necessarily go back and clarify it so it kind of becomes a lie in that respect and then other times we just lie simply to spare people's feelings just like mary did here you know she didn't want to say you have no chance zero none zilch Because she wanted to spare his feelings. Because Lloyd, like many of the people who we would tell these kind of things to, are nice people. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We don't want to break down relationships with them. And parents and children and students, you can probably relate to this example of a little not quite the truth. When kids ask a question that a parent does not want to answer directly, what do we often say? We'll see, right? (laughs) Which kids already know that means no. So why don't we just say no, right? Because when have you ever heard we'll see and you actually got a yes after we'll see? Never. So all their experiences, your well sees are always no. So why don't we just say no? That's what Jesus is saying here. Why don't we just say yes, yes, or no, no? Why do we have to say we'll see? Or maybe, or well, we'll think about it, or I don't know, I want to research it more. All these things, um, i got to check my calendar, oh, I'm a little bit busy, I don't know. Well, blah, blah. It's all that stuff after that's the problem. Because that's where our mind starts working into this mode where we're trying to justify things, we're trying to work things out, playing both sides of things, trying to figure out how can I get around this, how can I do this, how can I do this. And we waste so much time and energy on this kind of thinking. When we could have just said yes or no and been like, whoo, I feel pretty good about that. I could just say yes or no. And two, have you ever lied about something and then realized how many more things you have to do to cover up that lie? One lie leads to another lie, to another lie, to another lie, because you can't keep track. And then sooner or later, it usually catches up with you. That's not good, and it's not a good way to be, and it's not a good way to feel about yourself or to be in the world. It just makes you miserable. Well, I think a lot of our small untruths as well as the larger ones, too, um, often come out of fear. You know, we don't necessarily lie because we just like it. We lie because, like, when we lie about to our kids about, well, well, maybe, you know, like, well, we just don't want to tell them no. We don't want them to be angry with us. We don't want to disappoint them. You know, that's why we say, well, we'll see, even though we just really mean no. You know, 
And fear of rejection is probably the biggest reason why we lie. Because if we tell the truth in a certain situation, maybe people won't like what we're showing them by telling the truth. Or they won't, they won't accept the truth that we're telling. Fear of rejection, I think, though, is at the top of that list. If I tell the truth, and it, you know, if you're a politician, if it's not what my, po- my constituents want to hear, then you know, they may not vote for me again and reelect me. So then that's your motivation. If I tell the truth that that outfit does not look good on my spouse, I may get popped in the nose, and I also may ruin that relationship. If I tell my child no, they may resent me. Now, while good relationships, I hope, likely won't crumble from just telling the truth, you know, relationships often do crumble because of deceit. You know, my wife and I had some conversations before we got married. We went to this thing called Engaged Encounter, which was largely good, a little creepy at times, but, you know, some of the conversations. But some people that lead those things are just a little too free about their lives. You know, you're like, hey, thank you, but keep it to yourself. Those of you who have been on one probably know what I mean. But anyway, um, but we had some really good conversations, and one of them was, one of the kind of like deal breakers for my wife was lying, that she just does not like lying. If you break her trust, it's hard to get her trust back. She's gracious in many ways, but when it comes to lying, she's not very gracious. And her kids in her class know, there's a lot of things you can do to Mrs. Hawk. But lying to her, I would not recommend. <laughs> That's not good. And my daughter, same thing. And the reason why is because it breaks down trust. It breaks down relationships. It, it doesn't allow for community to be honest and true. So they, they just lie, lie, lie. And they half-truth all the time. to remember I think when we're fearful and that's what leads us to lying uh, the scripture that affirms you know affirms what drives out this lie is in 1 John 4 if God has loved us in this way we also ought to love each other there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear if anyone says I love God and hates a brother or sister he is a liar those who claim to love God ought to love their brother sister also and this includes the brothers and sisters who are closest to you your spouse your kids it also includes all of God's children that love drives out that fear that often leads us to lying so if we love there should be enough capital in the bank that we can tell the truth but remember what this says too though I just I always gotta make sure we read this let your words yes yes or no no don't you you can't control other people you know but you control can control whether you lie you can't control if another person lies to you but you can control if you lie and i think we need to be gracious with people who live compromised lives you know the reality is there people make compromises all the time to their integrity and they can justify why that is and i think We've got to be gracious with them uh, and pray for them that they can come to the truth of Christ and then recognize 
You know, we need to dismantle those systems and those things that cause them to feel like all they can do is be Jesus. Because if a system is that broken where people can't tell the truth anymore, then then we need to look at the system and see at way, see what ways that we can help people um, to reform it into something new where people can be what Christ wants them to be, which is truth tellers. Because they follow the one who tells the truth. When we love Jesus and unite ourselves with the truth of his ways, we are not fearful. And fear does not push us into telling lies. Because even fear itself is a lie. And what do we have to fear? We're alive in Christ and he wins. Then what do we have to fear? love one another we will risk telling one another the truth but untruth does not only hurt our relationships or us personally it also reflects poorly on God and I hadn't really thought that much about this until I started thinking about this sermon more it's not just ourselves who lose credibility it's God I heard somebody yesterday speaking about God in ways that I did not did not resemble any God that I know. That they had got it because people had lied to them. They had got this image of God and people who follow God because people had lied to them. That's why Jesus here says not to swear oaths by heaven or by the throne of God or anything else. Because at this time... Uh, the Pharisees were saying things like, well, I, they, they realized that swearing to God was probably a breach of the third commandment, taking the Lord's name in vain. So then they started, they started going, well, I swear on this beautiful flower. I swear on my daughter. I swear on my water. I swear on all these other things because they thought that that somehow made what they were swearing have more power. But when you're swearing anything, if you don't intend to keep what you're promising to do, it's worthless. And that's what Jesus is talking about swearing here. So this isn't about cursing. This is about swearing in that sense. Like I'm swearing an oath. And because of that, um, sorry, got off the track here. Sorry, because it makes liars out of us, but it also uh, reflects on the one whose name we swear an oath by. To lie using God's name is a direct violation of the third commandment, which states thou shalt not love or not take the Lord's name in vain. And this is serious because Christians are those who do not only believe that Jesus is the truth of God, we also believe we make possible a people, he makes possible a people who are able to tell the truth even in a culture of lies. The church, which isn't clearly the most powerful institution in our society today, has one great and gracious gift to offer, and that is the one who is not only the life, but also, and the way, but also the truth. So we must boldly say yes to the things that Jesus says yes to, and no, no to the things Jesus says no to. We must say yes to love and no to hate. We must say yes to justice and no to injustice. We must say yes to an abundant life 
in a no to the scarcity mentality that would say that there isn't enough for everyone. We should say yes to freedom and no to oppression in all its forms, including racism, sexism, and xenophobia. We often fall into the trap of speaking far too much about those things that Jesus speaks very little and way too much about those things which Jesus uh, speaks so much. We've got to change that thinking. We've got to recognize we're missing a lot of things, including this, tell, telling the truth. Things that Jesus says are so vital to faith and abundant life. We need to worry about those things and think about those things and speak of those things more than we think of the things that divide us. You know, lies can even rob you of the truth of who you are in God's eyes. Because truth-telling starts by looking in the mirror, doesn't it? And when you look in the mirror, you need to see that you are a child of God. beloved you know god has created you god has forgiven you and god loves you you are worthy because you are a child of god and not only you're worthy but you're worthy of the truth about yourself and others around you are worth telling them the truth God's truth is always filled with love and grace, and as followers of Christ, we are to be agents of this love and grace in our words and our actions as a witness to the one who is the truth. In our culture today, we often hear of alternative facts and fake news, and I, I realize, you know, we need to be vigilant. We got to check things. We got to, you know, recognize that sometimes people have reasons why they say certain things to us, and they have angles they're playing. We need to all recognize that, no matter where you sit and where you get your news. But we must hold up people and statements to the light of the truth of Jesus. We must be bearers of this truth and call out anything that, anything that tries to destroy the truth with lies. You know, it's one thing to disagree over the facts. It's quite another thing to knowingly lie. We do our sisters and brothers no favor when we aid and abet their deceit. It takes a dedicated team of people or lawyers uh, to spin what you say just to be palatable by a reasonable person, then we have strayed far from deep integrity into the realm of what Jesus refers to as anything more than this comes from the evil one. Stanley Harawas is a uh, theologian, and he was given an honorary degree a few years ago by the University of Aberdeen, and he gave what might have been the world's shortest commencement address, about five minutes, and it can be summed up in three words, do not lie. Uh, and there he says, you know, Jesus, that, that we as Christians, we don't lie because lying is the death of human community. It says that we are more important than anything else, that we are number one, and everybody else doesn't matter. Because when we lie to somebody else, that's what we're saying is, I don't care what you think, I'm going to tell you a lie, because I don't care about you. So it destroys the possibility of living with other people. It destroys human community. 
it destroys the possibility to be with one another in relationship when there is a pattern of love. We don't lie because it's our job to show that Jesus makes possible lies of truth in a world of lies. And he told the graduates, I hope you will demand that our life together be forged by the desire to live truthful lives. Lies make our lives ugly, robbing us of our ability even to trust ourselves. To live in the truth will give you a life which may be difficult, but one that will make possible your ability to look back and want no other life than you have lived. Then he says, as my friend Sam Wells suggests, the only things that in our lives that will last are those things that embody the truth. I could tell many stories of pastors. Um, I went to South Africa, and Peter's story told stories about Apartheid and the church's fight against it. Retired Bishop Will Willimon shares this that when he entered seminary in South Carolina in the early 70s, he says, We young pastors were convinced that the most challenging area of ministry and most loving thing we could do for the salvation of a still segregated South was to tell the truth. We had to ask God for the means to overcome the powerful force of lies and to speak up and to speak out in the name of Jesus. And truth-telling is difficult work. Trust me, it is. But it is required if you are to have deep integrity that provides life to yourself and those around you and reflects positively on the one who has come to save us. We have to remember that truth ultimately triumphs, and truth-telling always begins in the man. Listen to the truth that Jesus is telling you about yourself and others. You are a beloved child of God with immense value. Listen to the truth about where Jesus' kingdom values of love and peace and justice and mercy challenge your ways in the world, and then trust in God to provide a way to extricate yourself from the lies and turn back from the darkness into the light of Christ's loving arms. Let's pray. Gracious God, the third commandment, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, calls us to have integrity with God and to not trivialize God's power. So may we lift up the name of Jesus, the incarnate God who exhibits the true love and nature of God, and may we and live in ways that never call into question the true nature and identity of the one who calls us, equips us, and sends us to be the presence of a loving God in the world.